Welcome everyone to the Fighter Hayabusa Show on the Art Hurts Podcast Network. I am Mascara de Fuego, joined in person by Great Puma and Chupa Kick. How are you guys? Good. I'm doing great. Thank you for listening, guys. Thanks for tuning in. So we just finished NXT Philly, and we just want to run down that card a little bit. Um, overall, what'd you guys think? Great show. Uh, from top to bottom, I, I loved it. And I know it's the thing to say where it's like, oh, that was the best NXT pay-per-view ever. I don't want to, uh, to do that just because it's the latest one, but it's up there for sure. And Chupa. if you felt that way, it's arguable. Absolutely. Chupa, what'd you think? I thought, yeah, top to bottom, great show. Um, couldn't really say if there was a bad match at all. And I will say it's the best takeover I've seen in a while. <laughs> <laughs> You're still not saying that it's the best ever, though. Not best ever, in a while. But it is up there, for it's, sure. It's definitely up there. Yeah, I thought it was a really solid show from top to bottom. I, I don't think there was a lull match at all on this one. I think it, 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 it flowed well, and it you know perpetuated, continually went up, up, and up. Into the main event, which was obviously awesome. So let's start from the top of the show. Um, off the bat, Paul Heyman actually started with a pre-tape um, intro for the show in Philadelphia, which I thought was pretty awesome. Um, you guys, you I know you guys didn't get to see it, um, but it was it was a really good piece. Uh, him kind of entering the future, the stars, the future stars of NXT and the WWE. And um, if that's not a rub, I don't know what is. Yeah. I think it was the perfect place, and it was kind of nice not having Triple H do it and having someone who was Philly-centric doing that opening. Um, so right off the bat, we went right into the tag team title um, match between the Undisputed Era and a AOP. Um, what'd you guys think? I thought it was a pretty good match. I thought it was solid. Yeah. No complaints here. Nope, not at all. Yeah, I think AOP's really come into their own. Um, I think, you know... the. They've really, they've really come into their own, spending so much time in NXT, and I'm glad that they didn't hot shot them to the main roster because I think they've really kind of honed into what their act is, kind of their relationship with Paul Ellering. I think they have a really cool thing going on with with those guys now. Well, it shows that the NXT system works. Uh, you need time to work to become a better performer, and I think. AOP could probably go up now, but if they waited another six months, that's fine too. And then I thought the match itself just told a really good story of two very highly technical wrestlers surviving against two gigantic monsters in AOP, and the match was great. Yeah. And um, so basically, um, Undisputed Era won this with a roll-up after a miscue between the AOP. I thought it was probably a good idea to keep the titles on undisputed era at this point yeah go ahead yeah I, I don't you know why i don't like when titles change too often you have to give the champs uh, a shot to kind of build their own legacy so yeah i like that they want it um i don't know if aop is ready for the main roster just because i don't know if they have mainstream appeal but um i, I can see the argument for that yeah i i think that would be an easy easy fix um, two ways. I, I think that either you debut them on one of the big fours where you know you're going to have a lot of people from out of town, a lot of hardcores, or, you know, uh, just the old-fashioned uh, promo videos for weeks on end on, on this team coming up. And I think people would be excited to see them, unlike the Bludgeon Brothers where it was like, 
Corny name. Corny <laughs> outfits. The worst. Just not the greatest promos. And yeah, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure them out. But with AOP, I think people will just get it instantly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they are seasoned performers now. And, and they can deliver a good match, just like this one tonight. Which is another thing, uh, even though they didn't win, they still got over. Right. Yeah, and I think they've spent so much time in NXT that they've shed that kind of com- loose comparison to the Shield because of what they were wearing and stuff. I don't, I don't see that comparison at all anymore. I oh think. yeah, I, I wouldn't even make that connection now. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, um, yeah and they just seemed comfortable. There were times where, uh, in between the moves, they would just do things with their mannerisms, and it's like, oh, I've never seen that before, and it's like good, good for them. Yeah. So. Um, Moving on, uh, shortly after that match, we get a crowd shot of War Machine. War Machine! (laughs) 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 Uh, You know me, I tweeted that. That's all I wanted to see uh, was the NXT trademark shots of their new signees. And we got all of them. I know we'll get to the other ones later. But yeah, starting with War Machine just made me super happy and they looked badass. The crowd popped. It was perfect. Put him on the main roster now. Just just do it. <laughs> no, seriously, I, I'd have no problem with They're that. They're ready. Yeah. Uh, i wear both titles. <laughs> <laughs> of all the signees, I think they're the ones that are pretty much roster ready. Um, yeah, no, solid promo. Great matches. Uh, you know, they still need to make a hanging with War Machine t-shirt. WWE right. style. <laughs> and I will buy that for sure. The next match was the Velveteen Dream against Cassius Ono. Um, right off the bat, I thought it was hilarious that Cassius Ono was doing his homage to Rocky in Philly with his, uh, <laughs> with his boxing trunks. How great is that? And, uh, every special, he has a different look. And I think that's genius, man. And the crowd was heavily into, uh, Dream on, on, on this show. Yeah, and you would think that, um, Cassius Ono would have some traction, especially after that little mini-doc that they released on him. Which I thought was great. We'll get into that later. But um, no, it was all Velveteen Dream. So good for him. And his match was great. That was a good match. And his performance was fantastic. So so was Cassius Ono's. Yeah, I I was really pleased with the match. Um, Velveteen Dream had some great moments. But I think it really highlighted uh, the skills that Cassius Ono has. And it played up on... um, because we, we, we both watched the little mini doc they did, and it really played up on his wrestling acumen. And he's, you know, definitely an experienced player. Velveteen Dream, he is what, like 22? Um, but he, he already looks like a pro. Um, it was just a really fun match. What did you think, Buscar? Um, I enjoyed the match a lot. I thought there were certain spots that were a little clunky. Ah, yes. I, I, I do Well, the first that. DVD attempt uh, was a bit bothersome. But I'm glad they redeemed it with the second one. Yeah, it, it wasn't clunky where it was distracting to the rest of the match. It, it was just like, oh, oh shit, and then they kind of moved on for, you know, from it, and and they, you know, they made up for it pretty well. But other than that, I thought it was a good showing for for both guys. But definitely Velveteen, who I think is coming into his own. I think in a year's time, this guy is going to be just so solid in regards to not only in his ring, um, in his in his in his uh, ring presence. But, you know, in his moves and his personality, I think in a year he's going to be just perfect. Yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, he's two for two. Yeah. Alistair Black match, off the charts. This match, really good. 
And uh, that says a lot about him and how far he's improved. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more from him in terms of charisma off the charts. Um, does great promos, has a great look, definitely athletic. He's got all the makings of a superstar. So after that match, we moved on to the women's title match between Ember Moon and Shayna Baszler. What a great match that was. Uh, for me, personally, that was my favorite match of the card because I was really invested in it. And um, good for Ember Moon. Ember Moon. Um, she she looked great. Shayna, she's a beast. And I look forward to seeing more from her. And this is the thing about just good wrestling in general. Just a good show. No matter who wins or loses, everybody gets over. And so, yeah, Shayna lost. But she came out looking so strong. But, and then also, Ember Moon, she got her ass beat. She <laughs> won, but she also ended up looking fantastic. She looked like a fighting champion. And the whole fighting spirit thing, totally showing with her. And um, that's what they needed to do. I wasn't ready for her to lose the title yet. Nope. I know you have different, you had different opinion about um, the yeah, outcome I, going to, into it, it to me, To me, I feel like... I'm still waiting for Ember to, to hit her stride, and I don't feel like she's done that yet. I feel like even just the piece that they did last Wednesday on NXT between the, the confrontation or the sit-down interview um, between Shayna and, and Ember Moon, like you can just see the confidence in Shayna, and she just looks so on point with everything that she's doing. Like She just looks so ready for this the spotlight, and Ember just seems like... She seems like she's an... A wrestler trying to act. Hmm. Like I can see the, the holes there where she's trying to look angry and trying to look like she's frustrated with this with this other character where Shayna, it just looks just just naturally a dick. <laughs> she just looks like a natural dick in that position. Which is true. I do believe that you have to be invested in the character to care. But for me, the fact that Ember has performed in the ring so well like she's guaranteed a good match every time all of her oscar oscar matches have been perfect and uh, i think she's a great performer in the ring so i'm glad she has that out of the way first as far as her development as a wrestler and i think the character work will come and it just takes time part of that is just time you need to know a character's story over months and months of them having matches and in their interactions with other wrestlers and how they react to different situations so I think if you give her time, I think she's going to become that complete performer that you want her to be. I hope so, because right now, I don't know who Ember Moon is. She's she, a werewolf. She's <laughs> she was clawing at Shayna, and Shayna's going to turn. <laughs> she was doing werewolf, werewolf bar mitzvah, but then like, you know, she's at the... Spooky scary. <laughs> but then talking like a normal person at the performance center. Like, I don't want to see somebody who's mystical and a werewolf at the performance center, just being like, hey, I'm just hanging out, doing my workouts. Oh, by the way, join my Twitch and watch me play Overwatch. <laughs> right. I don't want to see that shit. I want to see a separation of church and state. I want you to either be a badass, or I want you to be that person. Well, you know, I already said from the last podcast, Ember Moon needs a tail. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, Chris, Chris Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> or, you know what? Wear some ears. I'm down with that. Um, but I like her. I really do. I think Ember Moon's, she's dope. I will for say, lack of a better word. I like her enough. Um, I I just, with Shayna's entry into NXT, I'm really excited about what the women's NXT um, rivalries are going to look like. Um, I was waiting for Kyrie to come out and kick her ass. Um, I didn't get With that. With the wheel. 
<laughs> with the whale or a captain's hook. Just... And um, I, I, you know, I can't wait to see her against Nikki Cross. And, you know, I want to see her have a real grudge match with Dakota Kai. This is going to be very, very interesting for NXT women. And I'm excited about it. I, I you know, I wanted to bring up as well that Shayna kind of got the Goldberg entrance <laughs> with the backstage which I really liked. I'm glad she got specifically. Did they give her music? The the little Goldberg home, or is that? No, she got her own. If I remember correctly, she got her own music. Yeah, Wasn't it just silent playing. though, or no? Going I'm through tra- the hallway, I can't. I remember. want to say that her music was already playing, but I could be wrong with that. I think it was already playing. I, I would love like... for them to do the uh, the Hell in the Cell music for those backstage hallway. Oh, and then props Ember. We were. We were commenting on when Shayna started choking her out at the end of the match. And it's like, <laughs> come on, come on, just start shaking your legs, start foaming up and down. And she didn't. But then at the very end, when they finally got Shayna off her, she gets up and you see this long drool just fall to the ground. And I, I think mean, it was bile. I, I think he I, actually upchucked. Yeah, it was, no, but, but I marked out so hard for that because that's what you want to see. It's like, right. oh, you know, if you're not going to do the, uh, the seizure leg, then... At least foam at the mouth or something, and then I saw the spit fall out, and yeah, my night was complete. So speaking for of the se- first time. By the way. <laughs> speaking of seizure leg, I want to talk about the extreme rules match. Okay. So what'd you guys think about that? Well, first let's talk about the entrance. That's, <laughs> and then I'm out of here. I'm gonna leave, guys, after we talk about the entrance. Uh, again, the best entrance in wrestling. Uh, it even trumps evils. You mean Adam laser. Cole's? <laughs> Welcome to the trolling podcast, everyone. Um, no, I, I, I love Aleister Black's entrance, and uh, that's all there is to it. Moving on, though. The I, match I, itself. I really enjoyed it. I, I liked that that Cole kept going for weapons, and <laughs> Aleister Black kept, you know, kicking it out of it's his like, hand. It's like, bitch, please, just, I am a weapon. L- right, know? like, I got this, I got this. So I like that part, and um, yeah, I thought it was a solid match. I think... Obviously, the highlight of the match was the the spot with the double knees going um, through the table. That that was I'd never seen anything like that. That was to me was the best spot of the match. Not only that though, the fact that the tables broke. The tables don't always break, guys. Yeah. And it was just like the planets were perfectly aligned, and that was perfect. You couldn't have picked a better time for the tables to actually work, and and good for Alistair for doing that. I would say that that was my second favorite match of the night. Um, in just the moments of the match, every time they would look for a weapon or they would notice something that they could use, there was a pause. I, I made a comment when we were watching the pay-per-view how it reminded me of uh, the scene in Pulp Fiction when Bruce Willis is in the pawn shop. <laughs> and he's looking at different weapons right. and he looks up and he sees, I don't know, a club and then he looks to the right, oh, katana swords. And it's like, I felt like they were doing that sometimes. <laughs> like, Oh shit, kendo sticks, or oh shit, a chair, and yeah, I I, I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it a lot too. Um, the only thing I was a little disappointed is, Alistair, you belong in the church of Satan. Don't tell me that you're not going to be able to use weapons. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Alistair. I know you have demon spells that you're waiting to use. I know, his weapons would be like an ancient book. <laughs> A hex wraiths come out of or uh, the book from the evil dead let's see seriously let's see what happens to Adam Cole after the match maybe his uh, bump on his head will come back stop (laughs) I thought we were done with that Um, and then also speaking of of seizures and and homage this is Terry Funk and all that uh, it was nice to see Adam Cole when he was like uh, 
thrown so, ass first into the ladder. Into the ladder, and then he just starts convulsing, and it's like, ah, <laughs> oh, you gotta love that. So props to both men for uh, giving us the performance. And Alicia Black won that one with the black mask for the win. That was, I figured, perfect. I, I, I didn't want to see that one end with, you know, an extreme rules weapon to the finish. I wanted him to finish him off with his finisher because I think it's important to get that finisher over, especially as time goes on with this specific character going on. Because at some point, he's going to wrestle for the title. And I think they need to put over that move as once you get hit with this shit, like, it's done. Or it sets up a moment where whoever he's facing for the title will kick out at Super least kick once. Super kick out. Super kick out. Okay. And that will just blow everyone's mind if that does happen. Um, and let's give it up to him. He's batting a thousand for every match he's been in. He's yeah. He's such a great performer. And, and he's another person who's main roster ready, but I don't want to see him go anywhere. I was just going to say that. I, I, I wonder when they're going to, you know, how long they're going to hold on to him in NXT to build him in NXT. Because I would love to see him against Ricochet. I, I can see them keeping him. I want to see Ricochet against the whole roster, honestly. Right, that's yeah. true. So shall we get to that? Ricochet's yeah. NXT crowd shot of him being signed. And yeah, we all popped very hard for that. I may have squealed. There was squeal. She did more than that. She may have thrown her bra at the TV. I'm, not, I'm just saying. Which was awkward, but... You know. Yeah, it's okay. We're all, we're we're all, all family friends. here. We're all family here. The other crowd shot that we did get, which I know you guys might not be a little too, too familiar with, is EC3, who's most notably um, has made a career for himself the last couple years in Impact, but has history with NXT as Derek right. Bateman. Ah. Yeah. Well, I want to get back to Ricochet. No, I was kidding. Let <laughs> <laughs> me get back to Alistair Black's entrance. Um. <laughs> I mean, I think, look, it, they showed a lot of people in the crowd tonight, and I think every single one of them is going to play a pretty decent role in NXT for the next year. Agreed. I, I think I think getting EC3 and getting that character um, is cool, and I think, he, you know, him going away... And, and kind of shedding the, you know, when he came into NXT, they were still doing the contest version of NXT. And, you know, he was kind of pigeonholed into a certain kind of, you know... Well, it was a comedy uh, character. Yeah, you know, and, into a uh, certain role. And, and, you know, and they threw shit at the wall and nothing stuck. And he left, you know, I, I can't remember if he left or he was released. Regardless, it was the best thing that happened to him. He ended up at Impact, recreated himself as Ethan Carter III, and has, you know has been putting on stellar matches, is a solid character, he knows this character, and if they team him up with Rockstar Spud, it's going to be even better because they were a good team together. Promo-wise, they were a good team together. Um, and then the other, the other one that we haven't touched upon, which kind of didn't get a full shine, was Candice LeRae, who was shown in the back, you know, as... as um, Johnny Gargano's wife, and they kept repeating yeah. it, and... Uh... Shame on you, Mauro. Someone Maro. was getting upset. Shame on you. Shame <laughs> on you guys. She needs her caption. She needs her title card? She needs her title card. I don't care. Um, but, speaking of which, let's get to the main event. So, the main event saw Cien Almas against Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship. I was getting a little heated. I was getting a little <laughs> upset at, at the Philly crowd for just being such Johnny Gargano marks and not giving enough love to us. Cien Almas, I, I, you know, they did eventually at the end, kind of, but not really. And you would think Philadelphia is kind of that 
heel crowd that likes to cheer on the so-called bad guy in Cien Almas, but they didn't. But that's it was, the, it was all Johnny Wrestling, and, and which is fine. I get it. That's the uh, yeah. That's the that's all credit to Johnny Gargano being the most baby of baby faces yeah. in recent wrestling history. I mean, no, I, yeah. It's just it's it's in his eyes. It's just everything about him. Um, he's that hard worker who you want to succeed. And it's not uh, it's not that they didn't like Almas. They just like J- Johnny Moore. Yeah. I thought that match was awesome. Um, from start to finish, I, I thought, uh, you know, the way that they kind of started with chain wrestling and kind of had their exchanges and that built up into, you know, uh, these big spots to, you know, the near falls. I thought that match was really good. I thought... They had everybody kind of, you know, at the edge of their seat with every kick out. You know, towards the end of that match, you, you honestly really didn't know who was going to win. I mean, we were just kind of going <laughs> no, back. It, and, yeah, and it reached that point where it's like both men are now over. It doesn't even yeah. matter who wins, and yeah. that's that's what happens in a lot with uh, New Japan main events where it's like they're so good that win or lose, you, you don't feel bad for anybody just because <laughs> they got super over. And uh, this match did that, like... Gargano yeah. was more over than he ever will be. He's he's greater now, even though with the loss and without the title. And Cien Almas, he's pretty much world class as far as a performer in the ring. Well, how many times did the three of us jump out of our seats right. near falls? Oh, yeah. And not only that, I mean, and all credit goes to Zelina as well. She she deserves just as much credit for being a performer. She is as fantastic. Well. I love her. I don't know if I would love Andrade as much if she wasn't around. I think it's a it's no, a package deal it. now. They, yeah, yeah they, I think they need so. each other honestly and and Definitely. You know, I don't even want to get into the rumors of them forming a, a Los Ingobernables <gasps> North America <laughs> faction, but you know, but yeah, they have my money once the t-shirts made. Well, Hopefully it's well, good. Well, Prince Puma's now available, so who knows? The artist formerly known as. <laughs> right. So, so obviously, that match was, was awesome, and, and Andrade did retain. Yeah, and that was a lesson in patience, because they, they melted yeah. Zelina interfering over and over again. You were just waiting, okay, when's Candace going to come in for her ass-whooping? And, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they made you wait. Like yeah. I don't know how long the match time was, but it felt like a half-hour match. Yeah, it did feel like a I long feel... match, but, but and, it didn't uh, feel like it didn't but feel a good long, one. but yeah. it was long. And, uh, yeah, they, they milked that. So by the time Candace finally got her little comeuppance, yeah. I think it was we, like, uh, wow. We all, we all probably jumped out of our chairs once yeah, again. Yeah, no, we, I think we all became eight years old. Like, at least, <laughs> at least about 20 times. 14, yeah, yeah, I was going to say four, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> 20, fine, I'm not going to argue. Now, now we, we, we all kind of assumed that Tommaso Ciampa was going to show up at some point. Did, did you feel like that took away from any of this because no. you were just waiting for him to show up? No, not at all. And, and again, uh, just like we were waiting for Candace, we were waiting for uh, Ciampa's interference, and they did it perfectly. They played us because it's like they made us wait so long that, yeah, by the time it came, it totally didn't. So, so would you have preferred that it was Ciampa who... Cost him the match, no. or do you like the no. way that they it worked no, out? No, this was fine. Uh, this this was, was fine, and then not only that, it worked out even better because Tommaso Ciampa came out looking like 
a fucking Briscoe brother. Like, <laughs> I swear to God, like, he came out in camouflage and boots and a shitty shirt, which is dope, by the way, the design. I'll, I'll, I would cop that, by the way. But, um, <laughs> no, yeah, totally came out like a Briscoe brother yeah. and just badass and walked away. Didn't I don't have to beat him down. Yeah. Right. I don't know what his time frame is, but I'm hoping that, at the very least, he's back before the NXT before WrestleMania because I can see that match happening then. I think that's a big match that you want to hold on to and probably wait until the 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 NXT takeover before WrestleMania. Well, it's safe to say that Almas versus Gargano was probably will probably be the match of the weekend. And it'll be the so best far. WWE network match for a while this year, I think. That was yeah. I I'm gonna I'm, start my list for 2018 until the next takeover. Honestly, yeah. I, I will take Candice versus Zelina as match of the night. That was a pretty great moment, but um, yeah, I was a little uh, bummed that Candice didn't rush Champa because I think she could have taken him out. But that's okay. Next time, setting him up for next time. I I want to talk about uh, the new beginning show. Um, from earlier this morning. Um, did you guys get a chance to watch any of those matches or uh, most notably the main event? We did. And we also uh, we also caught the Elite match versus uh, Rapunky 3K and Jay White. So just touching on the, um, the main event, loved the Tanahashi match versus Suzuki. Didn't know how it was going to go, um, but... Man, Tana and Suzuki, as experienced, as, as veterans as they are in their careers, they can really keep you on the edge of your seat, literally. Just from the beginning all the way to the end, so many moments uh, to talk about. Um, There's one point where they trade leg locks, and so Tanahashi gets them in a leg lock, and then uh, Suzuki gets them in a leg lock, and... We all know how that's going to go. If you're going to trade submissions with Suzuki, you're going to lose. And I love how they played on that. Uh, Tanahashi never went back to the leg locks after Suzuki uh, pretty much tried to tear his ankle off at the first, at the first attempt. And uh, it was downhill for Tanahashi from there. Yeah, I got to say, I, I'm a sucker for a match that focuses on a body part. <laughs> and I think that Suzuki did an amazing job focusing on that knee and Tanahashi selling that knee and the fact that you know when he had him in that in that was it like a knee bar um he just kept him in it and then just kept going back to it going back to it and it wasn't just the what we're accustomed to where oh shit he's got him in the move he's gonna tap out he held it on and he kept it on and Tanahashi kept fighting it and fighting it and fighting it and fighting it and kept feeding him and feeding him feeding him <laughs> I just, I, I, I love that. I, I thought that it was a solid match, uh, you know, a nice, like, focusing on one specific thing. And I, I really do think it was the right time to flip that title. I, I think that, you know, um, Tanahashi, I honestly think that guy needs some time out, time off, you know, re, you know uh, give him his body a little bit of time to kind of recoup a little bit. And, you know, and Suzuki's hot. And I, I thought it, it was the perfect opportunity to put him in a, in a, in a, in a, in a different tier than the Never title. You know, I thought that going with the well, Intercontinental title was, yeah. was, a, was a smart move. And that's the thing, great thing about Suzuki is that he could pretty much 
be relevant in any of the scenes in New Japan, whether it's the main event scene, all the way down to the Never title, even the six-man title, Intercontinental title, he is just a viable challenger to any champion in New Japan, and he's also a great champion with any title. Every match is always going to be stellar. That's what you're going to get. And I love the fact that in this match, not only did he work the body parts from the arm, then down to the leg, but then he also still built up to his uh, gotch-style pile driver in his sleeper, and uh, incredible performance by both guys. And how great is the Suzuki dropkick? Oh, yeah. I that think was... it should be called the decapitation kick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's in, I think the best part is just the timing. Between his and Okada's dropkick, we were just trying to figure out, do we even compare? Does it even matter? They're both masters at it, especially just the pacing. Where they happen in the match, they come out of nowhere and they pop you every time. Yeah, it was so good. Um, did you guys want to touch base on anything else you saw? Um, the only other thing I wanted to touch base on was the um, you know the brief interactions with Sonata and uh, Okada, kind of building up to that match that they're coming up on. Um, I thought they did a good job on 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 kind of building up that match that's coming up soon. Um, but you guys ended up watching a. a the other six man. We ended up watching um, the Elite versus uh, Rupongi 3K and Jay White. And so you're looking at them, and you see the Elite, and it's like, yeah, cohesive unit. And you know, we all watch being the Elite, and you know, we know who they are. And then we look at Rupongi 3K, and then you see Rocky, and you think Chaos, <laughs> and then you <laughs> see Jay White, who was also the newest member of Chaos, and it's like I couldn't help singing. One of these things is <laughs> not of the other end. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to take some getting used to. I like Jay White a lot, uh, but we were saying after we saw this match that it, it just didn't do much for him. I mean, he got his finisher in at the end, but as far as anything else, I honestly don't know Switchblade's moveset. In Ring of Honor, Jay White is, a, is an incredible performer, but... In New Japan as Switchblade, I've yet to get familiar with his moveset or what he does and his little <laughs> nuances. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, he didn't yeah. do much in this match. I think that's the biggest problem with, with the Switchblade character right now is that, you know, he goes off to Ring of Honor and for most of that time, or all that time I should say, he's playing a face. Right. He comes back to, to New Japan, he's playing a heel with this new persona right. and what are we looking at? I honestly think they probably should have kept that character down there for a while in Ring of Honor, honed that character there, and then come back to New Japan, I don't know, even six months from now. I think they kind of rushed it a little bit on that. I don't believe him as a heel, and I just I you know, I know, just can't get away from the fact that Twitterverse calls him Knife Pervert. <laughs> so <laughs> I just I can't, I can't take it seriously. Oh, that's awkward now. <laughs> it escalated. Um, <laughs> is there anything you guys wanted to touch on in regards to this, uh, this other, this new Japan show or the one that's coming up, uh, earlier tomorrow morning? I think that'll be in a future podcast. All right. Um, so that does it folks. Um, this is our recap for NXT TakeOver Philly. Uh, join us tomorrow morning. We'll, we'll have a podcast up kind of giving our rundown or our predictions, I should say, um, for the Royal Rumble. Um, until then. I am Mascara de Fuego. I'm Chiba Kick. I am Great Puma at FTR Hayabusa on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Until all are one.